Welcome, everybody, to True Exact Show. I'm here with Eric, Brian, our special guest today. You might know him from the Jim and Sam show, a producer. You might know him uh, half a black caviar. By the way, I see he's got the gold record in the background, kind of flexing on my signed Yankee baseballs, but it is what it is. Yeah. In my new apartment with nothing on the walls. Yep. <laughs> so, uh, Troy Kwan, how you doing, man? Good, man. Thanks for having me, guys. I really appreciate it. Absolutely, man. Uh, you know, we're big fans. And uh, before we get into the music aspect, because I do want to know how it was, like, the creation of Black Caviar and everything. Let's talk about, like, your upbringing, how you got into radio first. Well, uh, well, my father was in radio, and um, that kind of, I guess, opened the door for me just to... Um, uh, you know, just hanging out in, in, uh, in a radio studio growing up. And then I actually got expelled from high school for fighting. And uh, the high school that I went to did this program where you could work, um, work on a job site and start, you know, so you could actually get your diploma. So then I actually got a job at a radio station just because I wanted to get my diploma. And I actually really started to like it a lot. And then um, you know, it just was kind of always there. And then, you know, I've been a diehard Howard Stern fan, you know, pretty much since early nineties. And so it was kind of like, uh, you know, when, when satellite radio became a thing, it's, that was something I wanted to be a part of because he was involved in it. And it was, uh, uh, it just kind of seemed like a level up from like terrestrial radio. Um, and then that's how I, I got involved at, at Sirius and then um, I worked on a lot of the radio, the, uh, the music channels there. I worked on everything from Liquid Metal to First Wave, Bruce Springsteen's channel, uh, the Fish channel, the Grateful Dead channel, you name it. Um, and then when Sirius and XM merged, um, that's when Opie and Anthony came over to the Sirius building. And that's how I got involved with those guys. Nice. Uh, really quick, was the fight worth it? Did the kid deserve it? Uh, yeah, he was a shithead. Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, there, there's a there's a story that I've told on the air a couple of times where um, it was this bully. He was just the, he was he was the the captain of the football team. He was just a real just dick bag, and he would always fuck with me. And then the one day I just had enough, and I had a, I just was I was over it, and I brought a can of mace into school. And when I saw him, I, I maced him and then I punched him in the face. But I punched him so hard I shit my pants. Uh, so so I, I had to go down to the principal and i was getting expelled with a big dump in my pants but yeah at the end of the day in retrospect yes it was 100 percent worth it well, wait a minute they they expelled you for that you maced them what, like, yeah that's, yeah that's, that's assault brother like, <laughs> no but that's like the most extreme punishment like they didn't give you like just suspend you from school for like a week or two weeks or did you have a history of like Shit like that. Pants. <laughs> well, because it, it, it was a weapon. I guess where the, that was that was what set it off. It wasn't just like a fight. Like we, there was just a school fight. Yeah. It was it was because I brought in a, a weapon. And this was like right when things started changing. Like now, oh my, I, I can't even imagine. Like what oh, happened. You'd, you'd go to prison. Yeah, you'd sit in you'd prison. Have no, nothing. I yeah. I think something like that they would commend you for because you said it was a bully, right? Yeah, yeah, he so was a like real you, piece of you shit. You plan that out. It's like, all right, I know if I swing off on him, like it's probably not going to end well for me. So you got to have an advantage. Catch him with the mace. Yeah, that's that was it. it. Yeah, did he, say he, he did. He didn't bother me ever again. I don't think he would. <laughs> did anybody else get uh, innocent bystanders get maced? Did you get maced? Like, did, was it just everywhere in a small hallway? 
No, I was pretty I, – I made sure that I was really close to him. I looked him right in the eyes. We were eye to eye, and I just pulled it out. It was just – you know, so. You, you pulled uh, a Ralphie from the Christmas story. You just had enough. Yeah. That was it. That was it, man. You just had enough. You know, and it's like when, when you hear these kids going crazy in school, you get it, man. Like you just – you get to the point where you're like, that's it. That's it. Yeah. We've, we've reached the boiling point. We are done, you know. Yeah. Um, Where would you get the mace? Just curious. There, where I'm from in Allentown, Pennsylvania, back in the day. Now, this is going back. I, I, things have obviously changed, but this is going back to like the mid '90s. Uh, there was a place called the Great War Store, and uh, you'd walk in there, dude, and they had like switchblades. I mean, dude, we were like 15, 16 years old buying switchblades and all sorts of shit that you just you probably. I mean, this guy was fucking crazy. You know what I mean? Like he just would sell it to anything to whoever. He didn't care. All right. I mean, that's wow. I I don't even know where I would have gone to get mace at that age. Like that's wild to me. I don't even know if my mom had mace walking to her car. But all right. But so well, let's. Well, I'm glad that you got the mace instead of the knife on this guy. I knew I was gonna punch him in the face. I knew that that's that was what I wanted. I wanted to make sure. I fucking socked this guy as hard as I could. So <laughs> now, your program, your program in high school, is it kind of like a work study program? I think we had that you could, you like only went to school for a little bit and you earn credits through a job, something like yeah. that. Yeah, that's exactly, it was called like ADP or something like that. It was something, yeah, yeah, yeah that's exactly what it was. But like most of the kids went to like auto tech and like, uh, like printing, you know, like graphic graphic design. That's what like the most the, the kids did. But because my father worked in radio, he's like, well, I can get him a job here. So, you know, that, that's how that kind of worked out. Oh, that's pretty cool, man. So let's talk about, before we get into some more stories, if you don't mind, let's talk about Black Caviar, man. Like how you started the music industry or into the music industry, how you met up with your partner, stuff like that. Uh, well, I've been playing in bands my whole life. I started playing in like hardcore and punk bands you know, back in high school, pretty much about when I was, you know, macing bullies and punching him in the face. Um, and, uh, you know, just kind of always just played in bands. I was, I've, I've toured in various other bands. And then when I moved to New York City, I started getting in with, um, I started getting in with a couple guys that were DJing in the city. And um, so I started, I started DJing hip hop and house music. And I've always loved house music. I, I've always been a huge fan, you know, growing up. Like, we would go to raves back in the day. And um, then it kind of just was like, well, you know, my partner had work, worked at um, Republic Records at the time and was basically like, well, he's got all these connections. I got all these connections. And we know how to write music. And we know a lot of people. So let's just start making some music. And, uh, you know, it was kind of – and especially it really kind of came about because of things like Spotify where – you know, back when I started making music before in, in hardcore bands, like you had to like actually physically put it on a, a disc or a cassette, you know, we're here, like all you got to do is just upload it to the internet. And then, you know, in a day or two, it's everywhere. It's, it's on, it's on Spotify, Apple, uh, YouTube, like everywhere. And it all, you can, you put it up there and then you get all the money kind of comes to one centralized location and then you can, you know, withdraw it. And so we, you know, we were just fascinated by that. Like, wow, like really, like you can just, we could just make a song now in our bedroom and upload it and we can start making money on this. And so that, that was really kind of why we started it. And then it just sort of snowballed into, 
something else, you know? Right. Why, why the name? You know, I, I, it was, it, I, I still have to think of a better answer to that question. Okay. It was just kind of like, you know, uh, we had a, we had a bunch of ridiculous names. I have a, a folder in my phone of just like hundreds of band names. Just, we're just, if, if I, you know, sometimes like you'll see something, you'll be like, oh, that would make a really funny band name. And, uh, so I just wrote it down. So that was one of them that I wrote down and it just kind of sounded, uh, it sounded expensive. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's better than like $5 boneless buffs at Applebee's. You know, you don't want that being your fucking band name. Yeah. It's better just to go. Too caviar. Yeah. Well, yeah obviously, simple. obviously, Brian. That's, that's right. Brian they, say, they say guys that eat boneless buffs, close the fridge with their hips. <laughs> is, that, is that so? <laughs> so I do. I do that. I'm guilty of it. <laughs> how did How did you figure out the the business side of the music industry? Because that's something that, um, because me and Scott, we record, we make music, and that's you know the creation part of it. We know how to make songs and mixing, mastering everything, but the business aspect of it, of you know, getting your song out there and then how to promote it correctly. Um, how did you figure that out? Oh, dude, I'm still trying to figure it out. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's 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 uh, sometimes it, it you just you can't you can't. I, I don't know. Like it's just one of those things where like you see people and ha they have this quick success over a mediocre song, you know, and you're like, how the fuck did they do that? That, you know, this song sucks, you know, or like, it's just, it's like, it's timing and it's, it's uh, sometimes it's gimmicks. Um, and, you know, sometimes it's just being at the right place at the right time and having the right vocalist on the right beat that it, it's just, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it, it's, it's tough waters to navigate. Unfortunately, we were, we were able to, we have a really good manager that kind of helps us, you know, um, navigate sort of what to do. And, you know, we still, you know, I just hate social media and that's just like one thing yeah. that, that you just, you know, like you there's just so many artists that make music that is just so mediocre, but yeah. they're really funny on social media and it, it just works, you know? So, you know, it's, it's, it's a tough thing, man. It's, it's, there's yeah, no yeah. like. Yeah. yeah. Now it's like less about putting out the good music and more about building the brand name of yourself. And yeah. it sucks. It's annoying because like it's an easy it's an easy profession to give up on because it is exhausting. It's like you could work your ass off at it and just like, oh my God, this is just going nowhere. So it's like when when the motivation's not there, it's just hard to just keep getting up. So I mean, when did you realize that all right, this is taken off where we wanted to, or where, where did you realize this was all worth it type thing? Oh my God, I'm still trying to figure that out. <laughs> if it's still <laughs> worth it. Uh, no, I mean, I guess I, I, you, you realize that it's worth it when, when you can make a little bit of money. Um, you realize it's worth it when you see what your music does to people um, and, and how it, it, you know, we try to really keep our music very positive, very fun, upbeat, very danceable, um, you know, and, and, you know, in a time of craziness, you know, I, I think people look to music for an escape. So when, 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 when you, when you write a song and uh, it resonates with people, 
and you see them enjoying it. Not only that, but they, they'll, they'll put it up on their social media and they're dancing to it and they're or reacting to it. Um, you know, that, that, those are like the little things that kind of like, okay, like this is cool. You know, like I'm yeah. very fortunate to, to see this, you know? All right. Uh, Eric, go on. Have you got anything? Um, I just want to get into the aliens. <laughs> and I, like that, that's just fun. I love like hearing you guys on the show talking about all that. And, um, you know, I mentioned earlier the Babazar's bullshit. Um, what, what brought that up? What were the, do you think that he's full of shit, Bob Lazar? Well, the Bob, the, the me saying Bob Lazar is bullshit is, is completely taken out of context. Okay. That, 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 that's, that's something that came up where Sam got the drop of me saying that, um, just completely to, to add a, because I, you know, I, I saw the documentary and, uh, did you guys watch it? The Bob Lazar yeah. documentary? Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, and, dude, I don't know, man. I think the guy's telling the truth. I really do. I think, I, I think I, you know, it's like, it, it makes sense to me. He's too consistent yes. over such consistent. a long period of time. That, that's really what the big thing is. He's too consistent and he, he has nothing to gain from this. Yeah. You know, uh, and that, you know, that's along with like, I don't know if you guys have listened on the show, but I, I get into it with Jim Norton a lot about it, but yeah. um, you know, it's so, and, and, you know, Jim is very anti conspiracy theory about it, you know, everything. I mean, there's say him and I are, are polar opposites where I usually tend to believe that uh, everything is a lie and we're being lied to that, you know, that yeah. I go down that rabbit hole and then he is like, no, everything, everything is what it, exactly what it is at face value. Yeah. Um, so, you know, we get into it, we get very kind of heated sometimes about it and, uh, I don't remember the exact, the way it came up, but I was like, well, fine, let's just say fucking Bob Lazar's bullshit. <laughs> yeah. you know, and then, and then they, they took that little <laughs> fucking clip. <laughs> All the time. Yeah. Yeah. Because it, it's funny, even when, um, who is the, the physicist, the, the really popular um, African-American? Yeah. yeah so when he was there, like, I, I felt, I, I felt the same way. Like, I could hear when you guys were talking, he's like, well, if there's an alien, bring it to the town square. I'm like, that's not what it's about, Neil. <laughs> That's not what it's about. So, yeah, I, I think it is. I've always thought there was something. And I also think, like, maybe that was the cause of what, what religion is, right? So maybe they came down and we looked at them as gods. Because when Europeans came here, Native Americans looked at us like we were gods. So they praised us. They thought we were half horse, half people thing. Yeah. So I think that's, I mean, you talk to somebody about aliens, they're like, no way. But then, like, yeah, Jesus is the son of God. They nailed to a cross. He came back in three. Like, that seems a lot more far-fetched than an alien coming down. So, yeah, I, I'm, I kind of go down the rabbit hole as well. But it's just fun to hear you guys always talking about that whole thing. And, it, like, he's so consistent with all the – like, I heard you guys talking about the pilots too, the Navy pilots. And, like, you, these guys know exactly what everything is. So yeah. hearing them and it's slowly getting released, I think it's just like a slow drip of, you know, because if you tell everybody there's going to be chaos – Yeah, yeah, I, th I think so. I just, we just keep inching closer and closer. You know, this is just like – you know, it's, it's basically like, you know, I think it's just conditioning. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Because, you know, in the 40s and 50s, you know, like 40s, 47, uh, when the 46 or 47, when the Roswell crash happened, yep. um, you know, like, I think if you would have went out and told people that, oh, this is real, like, you, the aliens really fucking crashed here. People would have lost their fucking minds. You yeah. know, like, they, it would have just, it would have changed everything. Now it's like, we were joking about it on the air where last year during, you know, when the pandemic's going on, you know, they released the, they said that the, the, the Pentagon footage uh, 
uh, was real. And people are just like, oh, yeah, okay. Yeah. You know, so I think, you yeah. know, it's one of those things where, like, they're trying to make sure, you know. Yeah. And, you know, I, I would get so angry about it. I'd be like, why are they hiding this from us? Why would they do that? And then you kind of go, like, oh, I, it kind of makes sense why they would yeah. hide it. You know, like, the chaos that would have just yeah. fucking, you know, yeah. it would have. Well, because so. the thing is, at that point, if you come out and you say, yes, there are uh, beings from other worlds, other universes, other galaxies, whatever it is, if you come out and you just say that, you're essentially saying that religion is bullshit. The fact, all the things here, everything that's gone on here, the majority of it's bullshit because we've covered it up for years. Mm-hmm. You know, and people are going to lose their shit over that, especially a religion thing. Because think about people that are like, diehard Christians and like they will go to war over the fact that they'll say Jesus is real and we need to worship him. And now you're going to come along and say, aliens are real. We made Jesus up. Jesus was an alien. (laughs) (laughs) They're going to lose their shit. Like they'll kill themselves. Like you're going to have mass suicide over something like that. Maybe. I don't know. You know, it could be one of those things where it's like, they could look at it like, no, Jesus is still real. But, you know, aliens are demonic forces. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, so, yeah, I, who knows, man? I don't know. It's just going to be, it's going to be. I, I think they don't want to tell us because if we think about it like this, if you have the option to leave the planet with an alien and you don't have to pay taxes anymore or go to a job <laughs> and you can just travel the universe, they're going to have no one to live here anymore. Yeah. <laughs> Especially now after this year, they're going to be like, Fuck that. I'm going to hop on whatever thing comes here and I'm going to whatever planet. Yeah. yeah. I thought I was disappointed in Trump. I thought he would be the one that would tell us. Like, I love aliens. Aliens love me. Great people. We have the best aliens. Like, I thought he 100% would have spilled well, the beans. According, according to that, that Israeli, uh, Iranian scientist, Trump was going to tell about the Galactic Federation, but they told him he couldn't do it. You know, I, it was, it's a weird thing with Trump because you thought that, like, you know, he did Space Force, and he's like, okay, he, he's gearing us up for something. He's going to tell yeah. us something. Yeah. And then you hear him, like, interviewed about it, and he's like, yeah, I don't, I don't think they're real. I don't, I don't think that's anything. You're like, yeah. well, then what the fuck is Space Force for? And, you know, yeah. And, yeah. and then he, he did the, you know, the next, I don't even know how many days now, maybe another, you know, over 100 days, but more information is supposed to come out. He signed that, that thing that, you know, where information is going to be coming out. Over everything, there. yeah. Yeah. So who knows, man? I don't know. I, I do feel like in the next, sooner than you think, we will five know. Five years. Five years, yeah. I, I think I, five I, years, honestly. This is all, I was saying this to someone the other day. I, do you listen to, to Rogan's podcast often? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just in the past six months alone, all of the alien people that he's had on, alien-related stuff, I mean, from Travis Walton to uh, even with last year with like Bob Lazar, just all the alien people. It's, I almost feel like he knows something because he has such, I don't know. I'm serious. It sounds ridiculous, but like he has such a reach with his podcast. Why wouldn't they go to a person like him and say, start conditioning people for these things? Like let's make speaking about uh, creatures from other universes, like a thing, like make people believe that this is okay. You know? Yeah. Yeah, no, I think you're right. I, I think Rogan is definitely one of the people uh, kind of leading it. You know, he, I think I didn't, I only saw clips and I only talked, I talked to somebody about, because Elon was just on Rogan yeah. the other day. And I guess he had said something about like, look, if, if there were aliens, I would know it. 
Elon said that. So, yeah. you know, like it's one of those things where like, eh, maybe, or does he, or maybe he's just saying that, you know, like, I think I don't Elon's know. an alien. <laughs> What's that? Yeah, he is. Elon's an alien. Yeah, yeah, I wouldn't, <laughs> it wouldn't shock me. I can't wait till the Christian church comes down on this fucking show because of Brian's yeah. anti-Jesus rant. It's going to be great. Yeah. I right, really good. We can delve back in this. I want to go back in the music a bit because you said something with um, when you, you got a good uh, manager and stuff. So um, did you have like a deal in place where you could have gotten like screwed over on, but you were a little older and you, you were smart enough not to sign it. Like, did you maybe making it a little older and more conditioned and radio help you out when you got a manager and stuff like that? Uh, I mean, it helps you a little bit, but you're still going to get screwed. You're going to get screwed one way or another. Um, you know, when you, when you sign contracts a lot of time, unless you have leverage, you're going to get screwed, you know, okay. like, uh, and, you know, we just, we've signed some okay deals. They're just kind of like, they're just okay. You know, and, and you kind of gotta, you gotta sort of weigh. I mean, the way to do it, if you really want to the, just stay completely independent and, and own your own masters and own your own publishing and control all that. And you can, and you are at the point where you can do that now. Yeah. Um, but you know, like sometimes you need the machine. Sometimes you need, you know, like we signed a deal with Republic Records and it was just an okay deal. It wasn't great, but they got our songs into some big uh, movies and some big t television shows. They paid for two videos. We, 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 we fucking rinsed them for an elaborate photo shoot. We like had a helicopter and rented a classic car and, suits and like so you know like sometimes you need you need the big corporation to play the game a little bit um and you know and I, I don't i don't regret it but at the same time like you know it, it wasn't that great of a deal you know but um yeah i mean the, the the thing is if if you if and there are a lot of artists doing it is if you can maintain all your own royalties and own your own master tapes own your, your all your publishing um and you know, you can you can make a lot well, I, of fucking money. I saw you comment because uh, Black Caviar had like over the years sixty one million streams or something on Spotify, and like someone like she was trying to equate the math, and you were like, "Oh yeah, that'd be great if you owned everything." Not to say how much Spotify pays out on them, because I don't I don't think you want to divulge that, but like, I mean, sixty one million streams to the average person sounds like a lot of fucking money you should make. Is it chump change in the grand scheme of things, or is it a good chunk? Uh, well, I think, I think you can Google, I think you can actually Google what Spotify pays out. It's, it's not, it's not much. Um, yeah, I will actually, I think we're over 200 million Spotify streams at this point. Um, Jesus. which yeah, it's, it's on paper. That sounds great. And it's impressive. It really yeah, is. And it's, it is. it's, but yeah, like, you know, when you sign a deal with Republic, you know, and uh, you just like we, we, I've talked about this on the show. We did a song for the, uh, the Spider-Man movie. That's what the yeah. gold record is. It was from was uh, this into the Spider-Verse movie. And, um, you know, it was basically like, Hey guy, Hey, do you guys want, you guys want an opportunity to try this? Sure. We'll do it. Okay. Uh, okay. They're going to take it. Uh, here's the deal. And it's like, Oh, well this isn't, you know, this isn't that great of a deal. And they're like, okay, well then, then we don't, we'll just, we're going to get somebody else yeah. to do it. And you kind of go, okay, you know, like, yeah. and, and I don't regret it, 
at all. I, you know, I would do it again tomorrow. Um, but it just, we just don't own those, the master of that song. And it's just one of those songs like that. If, if we did, it, it would be a life changing song for sure. Right. Mm -hmm. That's yeah. That's wild, man. So, I mean, that sucks. Cause you have to take the deal. Cause at, at hope, like, all right, everyone will know the name at least of the band or the musician. So, and then yeah. they can delve into your stuff. That's a wild. Yeah, I was going to say how many, how much like transition did you get from that? Like, did you see a jump in your numbers? Oh yeah. Our numbers are yeah. still, you know, cause it was, yeah. on, it just came out on a, playstation and they play the movie all the time everywhere it was just on yeah. like regular cable last night i was watching it and um you know so what you hope is that people are going to go to your spotify page and they're going to look they're going to see what all these songs are and then they're going to start playing songs that we own all the royalties to or we own a nice chunk of them mm -hmm. um and then you know it, it does trickle down it does too and, and especially you know i think the one thing that we are starting to realize more, especially because of the pandemic is um, not so much concerned with trying to be radio, a radio star, you know, like what you think, like, Oh, they have a hit song. They're on the radio now <laughs> where like, if you can land a good deal uh, to have your, your music in a commercial or a television show or a movie, I mean, that's, that could be life changing. You know, you, you, you landed in an Apple commercial. I mean, that's, you know, a million dollars, you yeah. know, and, and everybody's gonna be like, what, the, what is this? I want to, I want to listen to this song. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's, that's kind of where we're trying to head a little bit more with our, our songwriting is like, not worried about like, okay, it's on the radio, you know, who cares? Let's try to, and when you have a, a song that's in the Spider-Man movie and, and we've done some other stuff and in, 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 we had a, um, an Apple watch commercial, we've done some other stuff with like eBay and McDonald's. Um, when you people take you a lot more seriously, you know, yeah. when you're like, Oh, you're those guys, you wrote that song. Okay. Yeah. Like, you know, so, you know, it does have its <clears throat> plus points, you know? No, no, that's very informative. Thank you. So that's yeah. the route I need to go. Commercials and movies. Because yeah. right? yeah. <laughs> it hasn't worked out yet. No, but it, that's real cool. But I, I think like when it gets to the point too, just one more thing before I, I pass it. Um, I think like when you get older, if you just make the music that you enjoy, and me and Brian have gotten to that point, like that's all that really matters. Like I think you spend so much time like when you're younger trying to make that hit pleasing other people, and you never really find your own lane. And like yeah. Brian and I could vouch for that now. Like we were putting out mixtapes and and albums on Spotify, and it's just like we're back to just doing us. And yeah. it's just like it's so much more healthy. You don't have to worry about like fuck everybody else. You know what I mean? So yeah. Yeah, if you can, if you can get to that point mentally, that yeah. you're like, I, I don't care, I don't care, I'm making this for me, and if somebody enjoys it, great. Um, yeah, I mean, that's that's kind of where you know we were at. You know, when we we started out, we're like, okay, we're house music. This is what we do. We make four on the floor, 124 beats per minute dance music, and um, you know, we wanted to fit in that cool cool guy lane, you know, like uh, of, of, you know, to be on like defected records or tool room records. Those are big, like house music uh, labels. And uh, then it's like, well, then the Spider-Man thing came up and it's not house music. And then we started doing like Latin music and we started doing uh, more hip hop music. And, you know, our, our manager would be like, I don't know what, what lane are you guys in? I don't know how to pitch you guys to people. And it's just like, we don't care, you know, like we don't give a shit at this point. We're just going to make this music because we can't, we can't continue to make the same song over and over again. Some artists can, we can't. And uh, it's, it's just, um, 
it, it, it's 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 liberating to just kind of do what you what's what you really want to do musically you know yeah we've had other guests that the same way where they say they they were trying to fit in one lane and stick to that lane but creatively it kind of sticks you in a box and and if you have an idea for something else why not just have that freedom and do it and if it flops it flops if it's great then it'll take off you know but i think i'm a big supporter like i think the ideas of like oh this person's a poser like that was a big you know, like Lincoln Park, what do they rap or they rock like back in the day? But now I think like, I appreciate it. I mean, look at, look how diverse Drake is. I mean, Drake is like, he's singing on one song, like saying do the tootsie, whatever the hell. And then he's like going hard on some other shit. So I think like, that's like the next level where just like spread your lanes out, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I, I think, you know, some artists, uh, Sometimes they try to do other projects, like they'll do a house music project and then they'll do a hip hop project called a different name. And then they'll do this, a drum and bass project called this kind of name. And, you know, I never really kind of, it's just, that's a lot of work. You know, you got to maintain all those social media. And, and so, yeah, it's, it's just kind of like, just make music, you know, make music and ho hopefully people like what you do, you know? Right. Uh, Brian, you got anything? Yeah. Um, I just want to go into kind of like the production aspect of the music. Where did you learn, um, how to do all that stuff, like just making the songs, uh, mixing things, doing all that. Um, well, it started uh, again, going back to like high school and, 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 uh, recording like my old hardcore band on like a, uh, a Fostec, uh, four track, uh, cassette and learning how to do that. And then, you know, uh, then going to like other multi-track recording. I also went to audio school in New York. Um, when I moved there. Where uh, did you go? Institute of Audio Research. I don't think it's there. Dude, anymore. I went there. I graduated from Oh, there. no shit. Yeah, <laughs> so <laughs> crazy. Yeah. That's cool. Did what you year, like it? Did what you, year did, did you go there? Uh, I was there, 2000, I think I graduated 2007. Dude, I was a fucking year after you. Oh, no I way. Crazy, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was good, man. Like, you know, it was one of those things where I, I understood I, – I, I wasn't good at recording and making music on a computer at that point. Yeah. Um, I was still kind of like, you know, uh, analog and then learning that and, and, you know, learning around like kids that were making beats that were really fucking good mm -hmm. and uh, studying that and studying sound and, and, you know, how it works. And um, so I, I found it helpful. But, you know, it's just basically getting in there and, and doing it. And like, you know, if you, there's a, you know, like if you want to learn something, like there's a tutorial online somewhere, you can find it. Yeah. And you watch it. And then um, my partner is extremely talented. Uh, Jared, he is a, an extremely talented producer. And then we work with another guy who um, is just, he's, he's a genius, musical genius. Um, and so it's usually us three that kind of come up with the music uh, for Black Caviar. And then we'll have, we have another guy that, that mixes and masters it, where we get it to a certain point and it's just, you know, it, it becomes, when you're mixing, it becomes almost like a science. Yeah. And uh, it's just that kind of shit's just over my head, you know, where we have a guy who just, I mean, he just meticulously <clears throat> EQs everything and makes everything perfect and makes everything sit exactly where it's supposed to sit and breathe the way it's supposed to breathe. Um, and uh, so, you know, that's one of the things is like, you know, don't, don't think you have to master it all. You know, yeah. like, don't, don't think that you have to, you know, learn how to do everything. And there's guys that can. You know, a guy like Skrillex, like he can do anything, everything. He can play all the instruments. He can record it. He can produce it. He can master it. 
But, you know, that those guys are few and far between. You don't feel like you have to be that guy. Like, it's okay to pull somebody in to be like, hey, man, can you make this mix bump? I'm, what am I missing, you know? If, if you don't mind my asking, if you, you don't have to say if you don't want, but you're pretty open on the, on the show. You, you know, you used to perform and do these, uh, the rave shows and stuff like that, right? You were saying? Like, go to raves? Yeah, raves or perform at them. Like, you were the DJ at them, Oh, right? yeah, 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 yeah. What's the wildest, like, story you have from one of them being the DJ? How much fun did you have if you, you know? Oh, man, I, I have to think about a, a good story. I mean, you know, dude, it's just, it's wild, man. Like, you know, when you're, when you're, when you're a DJ, it just, it's, you know. It's just, you know, it's cr- especially if, you, if you're kind of like you got, you know, it's a cool, cool party. It's fun. There's good energy in there. It's good vibe. You know, like girls just come up and just start making out with you sometimes. And, you know, like. Yeah, that's never happened to me. So. <laughs> <laughs> I, work in cubicle. I work in a cubicle. That never happens. That's an HR violation. <laughs> no, but I know Eric, Eric, um, you went to a lot of like those type of like uh, clubs. Yeah. And like it, it was never my scene, the rave scene and stuff. So like Eric would come back and say like, we always wonder where the girls are at the bars. Eric would come back and be like, they're all it was, here. It was like 2011, 2012, 2013, where it's like you go from like regular bars and like the city. I mean, of course, there's girls there. But it's like where did it all uh, – it's like they all just left somewhere. And I found them in 2013 at these raves. They're wearing like booty shorts. They're, they're you know, in like – it's New York City in seven-degree weather. And they're wearing like bras and underwear walking around. I'm like where are they going? <laughs> and then I found out they're in these raves to like four in the morning doing molly i was like this is like a it's like such a crazy transition and it just came out of nowhere it felt like you know yeah yeah that's that's really what happened i mean yeah the, it's 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 crazy man yeah there, and there's times you know you kind of get i get i mean i'm an older guy so like you think to yourself like where are these kids parents do they know that their butt cheeks are hanging out like that what now how do you um decide like what songs like you're gonna you're gonna mix in and stuff when you do it. Like does it does one just click? Do you look for a certain uh, genre? Do you go more to hip hop or rock? Uh, you know it depends. It, it, it's it's you know it's really reading the room. That's that's what makes a good DJ. You know, like w- w- we kind of do it all. Like we'll we'll do uh, hip hop. We'll do house music. You know, I mean we've played parties that uh, we we start with house music and everybody's just kind of looking at us like. Like, what are you guys doing? And then it's like, all right, this is why they want hip hop. So you just play hip hop the whole time. And, uh, you know, it's really kind of reading the room. The best parties, though, are the ones that they're there to see you. Like, they're there to see Black Caviar, and you can play whatever you want, and they don't care. They're going to just go fucking bananas. Like, and that's, that's, those are the funnest ones where you don't really have to, like, sell yourself to the room. You know, um, right. where, you know, we'll, we'll be in, we'll, we'll do two hours of, uh, uh, of, of house music, straight house music. And then we're like, fuck it. And just go into some grimy ass fucking ratchet ass hip hop. And <laughs> the place just fucking erupts, you know, and people are like standing on the DJ booth twerking. And it's, it, you're just like, what the fuck <laughs> is going on here? You know? Uh, those those are probably the funnest moments for me. Yeah, that, I that, I feel like that's the same thing with stand up comedy, right? When you're starting out, like they both have done stand up comedy. When you're starting out, it's a crowd full of people that don't know you. They're already like, who is this? So you're trying to feel out the room. But when you're big, like Bill Burr, you know Dave Chappelle, Jim Norton, if you even fuck up your jokes, they'll still love you and they'll find more things. Like they all know what they're going to say. 
You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like, it's the same thing with music, pretty much all entertainment where it's like, if you have your base, they'll just love everything you do, even if you fuck up. So like, that's, that's like cool to get to that point. But to get to that point is obviously extremely difficult. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and it's becoming a master of your craft, mm-hmm. you know, like it's, it's, it's knowing where to go. I mean, you could even still, I mean, you know, you could still be clunky, you know, even if they're, they're all there to see, you know, if you just play the wrong music and it's, you know, people are moving, but like, you know, it's, it's those dropping those right tracks at the right moment where, you know, it's like, it, it just kind of becomes, it's like those guys with comedy, you know, like they get on the stage and they can feel out where, what, what direction do I go? I'll, I'll work, I'll do some crowd work here, but then I'm, I'm going to go back to my, my jokes that I have here, you know? So it's, yeah. it's just, it's just getting on the stage a lot and, yep. and, and learning it, learning your craft inside and out. Yeah. What do you consider to, to go back to retract back to radio? Cause you said you were a big Stern fan growing up. You got an Opie and Anthony. Like what's the one thing you consider like the most memorable moment of being on that show that you always like, you're drunk at a party. You always talk about that one moment. Like, Oh man, that time, like kind of like a high school story or some shit, but radio as part of uh, As in with Opie and Anthony? Yeah. 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 Uh, uh, you know, I'd probably say the moments that I think are like my golden moments on Opie and Anthony were probably when Patrice O'Neill was in. Mm-hmm. Uh, just because so fucking funny, man. you just, yeah, yeah when, 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 when he was there and he was alive, you knew how special he was. Yeah. You know, you just knew like, and Sam, Sam and I, Sam Roberts, my, you know, from Jim and Sam, he, he would always, we would, we would just get so excited when Patrice was coming in and I actually went back and listened to some of the Patrice stuff. Uh, Cause I watched the, the Tiger Woods documentary that came mm-hmm. out. Yeah. And I, and I remember one of the best moments was when they like that happened and they brought Patrice on the show and he started like his take on it was like, you know, like guys are pieces of shit. And you know, when they make, when, when a guy makes a commitment, it's not to the woman. He's making a commitment to himself not to be a fucking piece of shit. Right, right. <laughs> and yeah. his take on it was yeah. so goddamn funny. And I had to go back and, and listen to it again just because he was just, it's just so f- just oh yeah, crazy. But yeah, I, I mean, you know, like, yeah, we've done like a lot of weird stuff on there, you know, on the show and, and stuff. But like, I think those are like the moments like Patrice and when Burr was on, you know, back in the day when he wasn't like, you know, Right. He was big, but he wasn't like, now he's like Bill Burr, you know? And, yeah. uh, you know, just to see those guys kind of hanging out and, you know, after the show and they're just, you know, it's Patrice just hanging out and there's, you know, Louis CK yeah. just, he's just here hanging out, you know? And it, it was, those, those are the memories that I, I really like. Uh, we, we have a final segment. It's called Gun to Your Head, okay? And it's uh, we ask two questions each. We don't really do like uh, Cheetos or Fritos type thing. It's more wordplay since we kind of started as a hip-hop podcast. So uh, we ask two questions each. You have to answer them and then pick your favorite question, okay? <laughs> okay. And we keep a pretty damn intense tally on this. Now, people say that I like to cheat. It's impossible because I don't win that much, but they say I like to like. I'm probably doing it right now, like getting in your head to, to pick me. But you like to gas up your your questions, yeah. right? I'm not a fan of my questions tonight. I really, I really. I'm not a fan of mine either. I, I'm gonna give it to Brian to go first. Go on. Oh, okay. All right. Would you rather get a tramp stamp or give up your career to be a mailman? A tramp stamp or give up my career to be, I, I get a tramp stamp, sure. 
Easy. <laughs> I just thought tramp stamp career be a mailman. And yeah, no, no, stop trying to explain yourself. Yeah. 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 yeah, he's going to give up his gold records to deliver mail. <laughs> uh, would you rather eat poison ivy or grab a handful of bees? Oh, man. Uh, probably, probably grab Bees? You get, you get, yeah. You get poison ivy, like it, it can fuck you up and it close In, up your throat. I, yeah. Yeah. All right. You know what? I, I'll, I'll go next because I, I definitely want to follow. <laughs> I definitely want to follow those up. Not Brian's best. So we're gonna go with. All right. You have to buy new turntables for every month for a year, or whenever you turn, you walk into a table for a year. <laughs> uh. I'll take working and I'll take uh, walking to tables. Okay. Gotcha. I think it's costly. Turntables are expensive. I know. I just, it'd be funny to watch you every time you turn off the fucking, oh. like, what are you doing? <laughs> Stop walking in the damn table. <laughs> All right. All right. Here, laugh. <laughs> 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 For one year, you could only eat grilled cheese or every time you grill, you have to say cheese. <laughs> uh... <laughs> Every time I grill, I'll say cheese. Okay, got you. <laughs> Eric, go on. That's good. Uh, would you rather mace a bully and shit your pants again or get bullied by the rapper Mace? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know what? I, I, I get bullied by Mace. That'd be fun. Yeah. Harlow yeah. World, baby. <laughs> and he's a, he's a, he's a pre, uh, preacher, isn't he? Right, isn't he yeah. like, or is he still a preacher? Yeah, he made a comeback. It didn't work out too well. Yeah, Ma yeah, Mace is back and nobody cared. Welcome back. Yeah. <laughs> Poor Mace. Uh, yeah. Would you rather be the only one who knows there are aliens or have the info to prove all other conspiracies? Oh. Damn it. Uh, I, yeah, I want to know there's aliens. I got to know. I, I have to know. I have to know. In my lifetime. All right, Troy, what's your favorite question? Well, I was either the aliens or I like the grilled cheese one. I think those are. You got to pick. Yeah. You got to pick. Well, I mean, you know, I'm an alien guy, so I got to go aliens. Go. That's it. I'm, I'm, I'm not that upset. I'm not because I think that, Eric, you deserve that one. Um, you know, I haven't won in a while, but whatever. Uh, Troy, where can we catch you? Give us your social media and stuff. Uh, yeah, you can find me on social media, uh, Troy Kwan, T-R-O-Y-Q-U-A-N. And uh, you can follow Real Black Caviar on all socials. Awesome. Hey, man, thanks a lot for coming on. This is really yeah, cool, thank bro. You. Yeah, thank you guys. I appreciate you asking me.